When a Sumerian feels thirst, it is a thirst for blood. When he feels cold, it is the cold edge of steel. For the courage of a Sumerian is tempered. He neither fears death nor rushes foolishly to meet it. To be a Sumerian warrior, you must have both cunning and balance, as well as speed and strength. Corin, Conan the Barbarian, 2011. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Rogues in the House. In this episode, in which we will talk to you, for which we will talk to you for about an hour and 30 minutes, we will explore Conan the Barbarian, the 2011 film, an exploration of what it means to have bad hair. With me, as always, are the two greatest co-hosts a co-host could ask for. Logan, how's it going? Good. I'm super excited for this. I'm this trying to crack him up. For this one for a long time. Yeah, I'm actually. trying to crack you up as we go. No, this is good. I'm I'm cracked, thoroughly cracked. Matthew, how's it going? It's good. I'm watching Logan try and hold it together like a kid in class <laughs> who, during a important lesson, can't keep it straight because someone squeaked out a fart. Yeah. And he's he... <laughs> <laughs> no one Math did squeak out a fart. Has, a, has an innuendo for a, for an answer. Yeah, turn to page 69 and answer these questions. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Did you ever have that in the books where you would, like, turn, it said flip to? But in, like, your textbooks? Yeah, right? Dude, all my textbooks okay, have good. that written in it. Yeah. I hadn't, I just had not, wow, you just blew my mind. I haven't thought about that in years. So many phalluses in yeah. so many textbooks. And there always was at the end. Yeah. Like, you could and always can, guarantee what it like, was going to be. It was a major journey, and then in the end, <laughs> big phallus. Same like, thing every time. Hashtag worth it. <laughs> worth, worth, worth this journey. I wonder if kids still do. You guys are teachers. Do kids still do this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You should see my textbooks. That is yeah. a time-honored tradition. That's great. Yeah. 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 It's something that all generations have in common. Yeah, that is true. We I should... can't help it. I mean, I'll see a, a, a scribbling on a desk. And it's just always the same thing. It's like weird yeah. hieroglyphs, and uh, I can't help but find it funny, even in my <laughs> yeah. older years. Do kids still cover their books with like paper bags, or do no, they... no, not our school? But our school's so poor, it doesn't matter. Like our books already look like crap. Okay, well, so, that's yeah. that's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean textbooks. Uh, I'm fortunate enough. Um, well, I teach English, so I don't really have a textbook, but. Uh, we do a lot on Chromebooks, which is nice. We're yeah. fortunate to have yeah. um, the tech. Yeah. My daughter's a little too young. Um, I mean, Eleven's not too young, but mostly it's Chromebook and like workbook style type books. So you're not really covering those anyways. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I've noticed, and I brought this up actually to some friends recently, is I have not seen her do a book report at all. Really? Oh. I don't know what's going on there. I, I feel like I was doing, by fifth grade, she's in fifth grade, so maybe that's still a little early, but I feel like I was doing a book report a month back then. Yeah. I do them that uh, frequently, but I did do some. I just didn't know if they went out of style. Like no, Wikipedia they're, they're, beat them up. Yeah, no, they're still, I, I still do them. Um, maybe next you year. Have to, you have to create... As an English teacher, you have to create a framework um, that insists kids read. 
Yeah. And so that's the one I, I make sure they cover questions that a film version of their book wouldn't be able to answer for them. I like so, it. So, yeah, yeah, it's very much. Logan, yeah. whenever you were writing there, I don't know, it was like yeah. making uh, sonic booms. So just it careful was? of that. Yeah, oh, I think so. Good to know. I won't do that. Sorry, guys. Hashtag watch your mic. Yeah. Sonic no boom. It's not even very close. Wasn't that like a Street Fighter thing? Yeah, that's a Street yeah. Fighter. Sonic mic. boom. That's sonic guile. Boom. That's <laughs> guile. That's right. That's right. Okay. Fixed his hair at the end of the fight. He was the Johnny Cage of Street yes, Fighter. Yes, yes. Yeah. Speaking of movies that a lot of people don't like, I love Street Fighter the movie. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say Mortal Kombat. And I was going to be like, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I liked Mortal Kombat. I don't, I don't even remember no Street, Fighter. Street Fighter. Nobody. Yeah. Logan. Street Fighter is a franchise. There's no bottom to your depths. Of... No, I, I remember watching it <laughs> as a kid, and I was like, this is so cool. Uh, um, and I've watched explained. it many times since, and I still enjoy it. And. <laughs> That's I another like Logan. Part. That's a that's a Loganism right there. Yeah. There's one part of that movie I like, and it's when uh, Zangief is there, and he sees people busting in or something on a camera, and they're like gonna come in and mess them up, and he goes, "Quick, change the channel." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny, even as a kid. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> let's uh, maybe crack into a little of the old. Bazaar of the Bazaar. <laughs> oh boy! I, I actually didn't do the gold dust. I was doing in you know in Wayne's yes, World. Yes, yeah, the Wayne's the, World. Yeah. 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 I'm trying new things here, guys. It's 2021. You know what I loved in Wayne's World? I'm going to totally derail this. Uh, when they're when they're in the cafe, and Garth is like, "Hey, Mister Donut Man, who's trying to kill you?" I don't know, but they better not. And then he sticks like he jabs a jelly donut and it bleeds. I don't. Yeah, that killed me. I don't know. Yeah, why. that's one of those films where, like, actually, <laughs> no, I can't say it because I can't swear on camera. But the S H I T T Y Beatles are they any good? Yeah. <laughs> Man, they suck. <laughs> then it's not just a clever name. <laughs> that's a great line. So. Bizarre picks. I mean, mine is not Wayne's World. Does anyone have one uh, ready to rock? I can go. in there. I can go. Go for it. Yeah, go ahead. Because I feel like I'm going to get made fun of, so I might as well just do it. Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) No, nailed it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, no, I'm going to come at this, and you have to play along from a, um, a, a, a perspective in which it's a, a... we're going to talk about publications, right? So Star Wars recently, Disney, with their mighty many arms, uh, has kicked off a new period in the Star Wars canon called the High Republic. It is about 200 years prior to Episode One. Okay, so, pause for one sec, because I need clarification here. Okay. The High Republic is not the old republic. The old republic would have been like thousands of years, Correct. is that right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so the high republic which really lends itself to just so many marijuana jokes. Um <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah, no, I have, I have done it ever high since. High adventure. <laughs> um it, it's about 200 years before uh episode 1 as I said and uh it's kind of at like the peak of the Jedi as a uh republic entity. So what I find interesting about this, though, is that they're kicking this off much in the way 
of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, only they're doing it in print. It is um, several novels, several um, comic runs, comic book runs, um, and the first came out about maybe like two weeks ago, uh, early January, January 5th, and I just I find the whole thing fascinating because they're doing a about a two-year phase one run, and then they're going to move into phase two and phase three. And to kick all this off, they brought all the authors into uh, Skywalker Ranch, had this big powwow, and they storyboarded, and they went out and sort of like did their own writer thing, and they sort of world-builded this whole thing together. So... As true writers are my uh, my wingmen over here, I think that's cool, and I just wanted to get your reactions on that. See, I didn't even get into the book really. Uh, I think it's a cool approach. Um, I, I think I've said a couple times, you know, anything that's going to get you know people to read, I, I, I'm I'm for that. And if people want to read Star Wars, I see no no problem with that. I'm not. <clears throat> I don't like Jedi that much. Jedi are my least favorite part of Star Wars. I don't care about. I don't care about Gandalf. I don't care about Gandalf with a lightning sword. Um, but, you know. Condescending prick over here. A lightning sword, he says. <laughs> Come on. I, it's just not my thing. I, the, the Jedi don't really do it for me. Like, but, but, you know, um, if, if it gets readers and if people like it and if it's a good product, I, I have no complaints about it. I, I like the idea of having like um, like you described like a Marvel phase where they tie in together. Um, I think that's cool as a book series, um, as opposed to just like oh, you know, a long form thirteen page stack of brick or a thirteen book stack of bricks, right? Yeah, they tie in differently. Mm-hmm. I, I see them differently, but that's cool to me. It's cool, and they're going like kids, kids novels, um, you know, all that's sorts of ages. I think that's really cool. Yeah, well, definitely. In, some, in some ways, what you describe, Alex, is like you could take a negative angle and be like, oh, Star Wars is all written by committee and it's all just a product. And uh, in some cases, that sort of approach uh, is stale and too safe in all of this. But post Mandalorian, um, I, I feel, and you got Kevin Feige in there. Um, I think that they're realizing that it was somewhat of an error to just sort of laissez-faire their sequel trilogy um, and that they're getting more of a... I I think that they're taking creative risks, but smart ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that they deserve the benefit of the doubt, and that's a cool publishing approach. The other thing I want to bring up about it is that... um, getting people to read it's like a miracle my younger brother jake who is not a reader uh, hi jake you're about to be talked about <laughs> yeah uh, he doesn't listen to this he, uh, he's not a listener like, either i guess <laughs> no man no he's not uh so we're both on my way into my my parents place today and he says to me he's like guess what i, re- I was reading a book on my lunch break I was like, oh, yeah, you got some training to do at work? Are you reading a manual? He's like, no, like a chapter book. I was like, so it's Star Wars. And then I was like, oh, this is the thing Alex was excited about. And he's like, yeah, man, I was really into it. The main character was awesome, and then they like died in the first uh, chapter, and I was really sad. 
<laughs> I was like, oh my God, Jake, that's a connecting skill to the reading you are <laughs> doing some visualizing as well and some synthesis at a certain point. Good job. Condescending English teacher brother kind of rolled in there. That was good. Uh, I think it was actually, it's interesting that you said, like, with the publishing world, um, I don't think it's a surprise that the publishing world needs a little bit of revitalization. Um, traditional publishing um, in general has a hard time, especially in COVID, um, kind of like theaters do. And maybe something like this will help, you know, put in a little bit like, oh, we can approach it from this way. Mm. Um, I, I, I've said it before. I really like the Marvel approach with having an end goal of your series. Mm-hmm. Like they knew the first set of movies had to lead up to Avengers. So they had to get there. I like that approach instead of just, oh, well, I have, you know, 16 books and we'll just wander around and see what happens. Right. And I I feel like that's kind of at least how they're talking about it. That's their direction. That's their angle. That's what they're doing, which is cool. Well, and Alex, you're saying, too, that they're trying to go for the younger market as well, right? And Mm -hmm. I got to think Disney uh, wants a piece of that that Harry Potter money. They want a piece of that audience, right? Oh, yeah. and it, it kind of dawns on me that, like, I'm not, I don't like, I love Disney. But Disney is a, what they're doing, as much as it is sort of a megalomaniacal, buying everything up, super corporation, it's kind of interesting to watch. It is. And that's yeah, what I like kind of interesting yeah. to watch them do this, yeah. as much as, like, it's it's scary to me. Um, I'll get, actually get into that for my bizarre pick. Um, but, yeah, like... I, I don't have a I don't have a dog in the fight. Like I'm not, you know. Uh, but it is interesting to watch them work, and they hit these successes. Like the Mandalorian is kind of unanimous. Yep. Like mm-hmm. most people who say they don't like it are just really trying to be edgy. I mean, yeah. I guess there are. I'm not saying there's no arguments to say you, you know, you have to like this show. You don't. It's just I feel like you have to note some of the quality and the strengths and the the there's there's a appeal to format there for sure yep there's a difference between acknowledging when something is good and then not for you there are lots of things that are good that aren't for me and that's fine yeah i like to think i i'm i try to maintain that myself yeah 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 so yeah that's my pick okay Uh, you know what i'll jump in now since uh, this actually does segue so um i actually had a bunch of things i was thinking about but this one kind of i had thought of it and then forgotten and now i remembered again Alien was announced a couple weeks back. <laughs> Classic, right? Of course, this is an alien. Let's talk about Star Wars. These are all the podcasts we wish we were part of. I want to do the Alien podcast. Right. Which, by yes, the way, there's yeah. a podcast called A Perfect Organism, and it's fantastic. And uh, those guys should invite me to come on sometime. That's great. But <laughs> if there's any Star yeah. Wars podcasts out there that would like to have me on, I'd be happy I'm sure to there's none of those. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Alex is also interested in uh, those graphic novel podcasts. They're visual novels, visual novels. Visual novels. Visual, yeah. novels. Yes. visual yeah. novels. Yeah, graphic novels is different. That's about an, an audience of three, I think. <laughs> to the visual novel podcast, an entirely unvisual medium. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> uh, All right, anyways. on to your alien pick. Yeah, so it was announced uh, recently that there's going to be an alien TV series going to, ooh, is it FX? I think it's FX. I think FX so. or Hulu. I FX, think so. I think. Um, I think FX owns Hulu or vice versa because yeah. a lot of FX shows are on Hulu. Yeah, exactly. There's a connection there. I think FX is what it was billed as. Um, 
anyways, so a TV series, and it is like I, I first of all, I like the idea of a TV series. You get more of a thing, and if it's good, you get a lot of good stuff. Can't beat that. And I think that it can lend itself to that format. The thing that got me excited was the guy who's um, the showrunner, the, the driving force, uh, Noah Hawley. He had been actually talking about it for, I feel like it goes back almost a year. He had this idea. He wanted to develop the show. And it started developing um, when it was under Fox. And then when Disney acquired Alien and all of the Fox assets, um, they, somehow it just came back. That never happens, right? right. Usually a project just yeah. friggin' dies if, yep. if it's switched um, you know, captains. So anyways, he's, uh, he's still developing it, and it seemed very much like a passion project. And this is a guy who did, um, he does the TV series Fargo, and he also did a TV series called Legion, which I only watched one episode of, and I actually thought it was pretty good. I just, for whatever I've reason. I've heard of Legion, but I don't think yeah, I've it's, a, it's, it. it's a loose X-Men tie-in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Anyways, people seem to dig it. It seems very kind of weird, on a little psychedelic. Um, but Fargo, like, I've watched the first three seasons of Fargo, and I, I would tell you it's probably one of the best dramas on TV. Like, it's a very, it's a very well-done show. Um, solid writing, character work, direction, all of, all, all the hits, you know? And so, it just really pleases me that we have someone who clearly has a vision, has a passion, uh, and is doing Alien. Now, they announced that it's taking place on Earth in the not-too-distant future, which I'm less psyched about. Mm. It raises a lot yeah. of questions. But I will give the benefit of the doubt that, I don't know, I don't, I don't really care what you do with a thing as long as you do it well. That's I kinda... feel like, so I don't know, because I like I like Alien mm. um, as a franchise, but I'm not like as into it as Matt is. I feel like I read fairly recently... That there was some kind of talk about like a young Ripley. No, something. that's not happening. Okay, because like There's that maybe nothing me, confirmed. Anyways, that's fair. Um, I just I heard it and I was like, this doesn't sound like that. I no, just I didn't know if they were crossing paths. Ripley's daughter plays a role in the Alien Isolation video game. She's like, oh, the okay. Character. And that uh, whole thing is actually canon. Um, yeah. And that video game, if you like survival horror that video game is fantastic um, i'm so i'm such a scary cat with survival horror games oh, like man. i love horror movies but oh this man is, this is among the most tense because you don't really have a weapon you can't fight back you just have to sneak around and it's uh yeah it's <laughs> it's an unnerving game for sure nice so that's my thing um that make that pleases me greatly and uh i really hope it turns out very yeah. Nice. yeah very nice logan what do you got well, um, I think this. I'm gonna cop out here. I'm gonna pull a cop out, and I'm gonna say this one's probably something we all want to talk about, um, because our favorite, um, I guess, governor had a video that came out the other day. Yeah. Um, and and Conan's sword was mentioned. Um, and shown. And, and shown, yeah, because yeah, he has it on his on his what in his back wall and his desk, or like behind his desk. Keep you right here. <laughs> the piece is right in front of him there. <laughs> make sure it's the riddle of steel. <laughs> Sorry. That he, was he good. Popped in. I let him out of the closet for a second. 
so uh, um, yeah, yeah, that happened. Um, I, I found it a very, um, I guess, touching. I don't know much about Arnold's life as a child, and it doesn't sound like some of the stuff that he shared is he's shared very often. Yeah, I was no, surprised I, by some I of actually, that. I, I read his biography um, called "Total Recall," of course, <laughs> um, and That's yeah, so good. He, he touches on like, if I remember correctly. He touches on a little bit about the fact that uh, there's a bit of that, you know, he experienced the aftershocks of the Nazis' uh, occupation. Um, but I, I don't... It, it, from what I heard in that video, it seemed to be new information that he was sharing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's um, what I got, the, impre- or the impression I got. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm Canadian, so I kind of don't have a dog in the fight right. with your whole... You know the civil war you have brewing down there. <laughs> Sorry, I hope that does not happen. Um, but I, I found it to be pretty nuanced and balanced and fair, right? Um, yeah. yeah. It kind of killed it. I'll just tell you. I'll tell everyone right now. It killed me to not allow it to be posted in Conan Gaming Group. Um, there's certain things that I think are strong and would be good for discussion, but. Sometimes you just have to have blanket rules that, uh, you know, keep a group civil. Um, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Discourse on social media can't be trusted, and I, I don't. I just don't want it to go there. But yeah, I don't okay. know. You were, yeah. What did you What did you really like about it, Logan? Um. So, like, I'm a, I'm a fairly emotional guy. Like things, like having that personal stories, like really um, touch me. I think. Um, and I, I haven't really experienced anything like that at all in my life ever. I've had a pretty easy life. Um, so hearing someone that I'm already getting like choked up, like hearing someone that I admire in many ways, um, have the strength to talk about that, like live and post it. Like that's pretty big for me. Yeah, Yeah. it was, it, it was good. It was really, um. It was first of all, it was inspirational, I think. Uh, and I also want to just kind of make a side comment that I did find it kind of amusing, but it worked uh, that they had the music in the background. Oh, yeah, like no, everyone, so most people would make a a speech, right? Yeah, and you post the speech, uh, you know, my fellow Americans, that sort of thing, right? <laughs> but but you get the music behind it, and it adds so much, and. And it, obviously, there's a little bit of production value in there. So yeah, I, I found that production. was funny. But the message was so on point. It's so It was so good and so necessary. Um, and I don't know. I don't want to get too political with mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, I think that people don't really tune in for our, our take on that. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, I was pleased that um, someone who is a very strong male um icon Mm -hmm. had a uh had an approach in that way i thought that that was uh i thought that meant a lot from from where things kind of are yeah i I agree listen it the number one thing i took away from it uh as much as i too thought that moment um you know when he's talking about how the nazi situation turned his dad into a drinker and and a violent man 
and um, not just him, his neighbors. Like, yeah, it's a yeah. snapshot. It's a, it's a historical moment, right? And he's he's obviously bringing these things up somewhat as a warning, but it just made me reflect a bit that like Arnold is a he's a huge hero of mine, and I don't really use that term lightly at all um, because people I don't know aren't really my heroes typically. Um, but obviously, he's been an inspiration to me, and he's just a very impressive character. But I'm just so happy that in his older years, he did not become just an awful person, <laughs> which yeah. you look on paper, you know, he, he could have been that. I'm not going to go into why I think that's the case. It's just that there's other old people who've, who've made a lot of money, who've been into politics, who've had immense power, and they've just been corrupted by it, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't. I obviously don't know him, but the message was a was a good one. It was a timely one, um, and it wasn't what Kevin Sorbo said. You know, so <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Uh, I was like Conan yeah. over Hercules in this situation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. I don't. I don't give it. If you think what Kevin Sorbo said is awesome, then you don't need to listen to me. It's cool. <laughs> I don't let's uh, let's you. let's change gears and get into the meat of yeah. of what we're talking about here. So, um, to our listeners, mm. we have one rule here, and it's that when we review a film, we follow the same format every time. <laughs> that format is to not follow the same format every time. So, we thought, uh, I think we've done a scene by scene. Uh, I think we've done a good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, I know we've done some yeah. other different ways. Uh, this time, I think we're going to break down various uh, themes and what five five star them. So give yeah, a, a an out of five star type rating. I think we should do that because that's that's different enough from what we used to do. Yeah, um, for sure. I do. I want to. I want to just kind of underscore this whole movie with the importance that it that it brings, though. To I, I, I like saying the word Conan verse, so I'm going to say that. To the Conan verse, <laughs> uh, it it really the the most important thing that you can get out of this movie if you watch it is that it continues the canon that to be a bad guy in the Conan verse you must have bad hair. <laughs> that is the rule, and that has been proven in every single movie. And I just think that that I really hope that the 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 TV show that that is gonna it's forthcoming maintains that because it seems to be the real the true root of power for for evil in in I'm doing this to mess with these guys the Conan verse. <laughs> now, now hold on a second. Who has okay? So I, I'm visualizing Conan 2011. I'm seeing the bad hair. Yep. Steven I'm visualizing Conan the Barbarian 82. I'm seeing the bad hair. Mm -hmm. But what's the bad hair in the Destroyer? I was wondering that too. Oh my Who god. Is it? No, the um uh what's her face queen? Um Calamus. Yes. Yeah, she's got like queen. the dreads the braided weird dread universe thing going on there. Does she? Yeah. I guess I never noticed. Well, I'm just gonna say that I feel like the Destroyer really. No, see, might buck that trend a little. Oh, do you? Do you think that the Destroyer is so good, Matt? 
Tell me, <laughs> tell me more about the destroyer, Matt. <laughs> Why is that such All a good I'll movie, say is Matt? Great, Grace Jones's hair in that movie is dope. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's like I was it. gonna say maybe you're referencing that guy's hat with the the bat wings, which yeah. isn't technically hair, but oh. it is on his head. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I actually wasn't trying to be like the destroyer is awesome. I was, I'm actually thinking like, which <laughs> yeah, one, who does it? No, no, no. I, yeah, yeah. Ter- Terminus's hair is 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 bad. Okay, that's bad hair. That Make a note of that next yes. time. Yes. Make a note, folks. All right. <laughs> okay. So I've got that off my chest, and I have that, you know, logged into the whatevers of Rogues in the Hostum. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Someone else. So we actually now. have categories. We yes. have categories we wrote down before we even started. Um, we are going to judge this movie. Oh, it's not even an even number. It's an odd number on seven different things. No, that's perfect. <laughs> Probably that's perfect. And, or, and or more or less, depending yeah. on how yeah. we feel. Um, I'm not even going to say going stars, to... so get ready for yeah. that. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> we are going to judge it on the, how it represents the Hyborian Age. We are going to judge it on how Jason Momoa represented Conan. We're going to judge the music, the script, the direction, the pacing, and fight choreography. And, and we might even jam in some other uh, ideas. Yeah, we'll, we'll make oh, some no, other stuff up as we go. Yeah. Um, can I ask one last question before we start this exercise? Are yeah. we judging this on movie standards or sword and sorcery movie standards? Mm. Uh, well, I, I feel like we can we can stipulate that in our responses. Okay. Like, we don't need... We, I think it'll become clear with what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm good with that. Well, I mean, and it may be a jumping off point could just be this that i feel like i feel like my feelings about the film are somewhat known i don't love it um but if we scale it all back uh (laughs) as a as a run-of-the-mill sword and sorcery film if we just judge it compared to other sword and sorcery films now i'm not talking fantasy films i'm talking sword and sorcery films um i think it's pretty good yes yeah i agree right I'm with you. I'm honestly, that. number yeah. three for me with Conan one or like eighty two and Destroyer being one and two, like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This I, it's I, a it's a really fun. good sword and sorcery film. Yeah, yeah. Because most compared of them, to yeah, like compared to what's out there, Scorpion <laughs> King Part Seven. It's probably pretty good. Yep. Okay, so that said, why don't we pick one of them them good old categories there? We want to start with. Um, you want, let's let's talk about how it represents the Hyborian Age. I think that's a good start because most people are going to be familiar with um, what they think that looks like based on films, comics, and their own imagination. So, um, for me, I'll start off. I guess um, I think the designs are pretty good. Um, I know that it followed along the lines of the Age of Conan MMO more so. Um, because there's even an Age of Conan expansion pack that ties into the movie. Um, and they were really kind of going for that feel and being a fan of the MMO. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I vaguely uh, remember that. Yeah. Um, the characters from the movie show up in the game. And it's it's the Turan expansion, actually. Um, and they talk about the events of the movie. Um, but uh, I like the more... So I don't dislike 82 set design at all. Um, but when I think of Conan 82, I think brown because everything's brown. It is drab. It's a drab palette. Yeah. For just, sure. yeah. yeah. 
And this particular one is a very colorful movie to me. Um, and and I, I when I picture the Hyborian Age and I read the stories, um, it is more colorful than it is drab. Um, so I think that's where I'm going to stand with that one. What do you guys think? I wrote an essay on this. I believe so. you. <laughs> I have thoughts. Uh, I'll just rapid fire for you. I hate the ragtag Lord of the Rings plot. Ooh, the item was splintered into several other items, and they must quest around the world to find that them. That script category. That's bad. yeah. Hold on, yeah, hold on. Okay. You're, you're, but, 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 I'm gonna ban but. you in two seconds. All right. Yeah, you're fair. All right. Fine. Fine. Um, <laughs> okay. There's orcs in the movie. <laughs> There's orcs in this movie. This this is also There's okay. Two of them. That's there that, are two orcs. Define them. That's, Call them out. So uh, Remo is that one of his names? The guy who's like ah, the guy who gets catapulted yeah. for whatever reason. Teeth, yeah. teeth man yeah, number one. The guy with the tattoos and the bad teeth. Teeth man number one and teeth man number two are your orcs. Yeah. Okay. So he's one of the orcs, and then there's the other orc who has the the dweller. Um, who's kind of, he's, he's the cooler orc. He is the cooler uh, orc. Yeah. Who is it? Is that Tyler May? No, it's uh He's the guy from the beginning of Troy, the really yeah, tall yeah, yeah. guy that Achilles What's killed in name? one shot. I feel really bad. I don't remember his name. He's, anyway, yeah, he's, he's in a lot dude. of stuff. Big dude. Seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wasn't opposed to that. I, I that aspect of the film felt very Savage Sword of Conan to me. Right. The uh, I mean, the whole thing with the Dweller, I think, was literally pulled from uh, Savage Sword, but. Orc number two, I liked. Um, I just... <laughs> you got that from Scott Odin. You stole that from Scott Odin. <laughs> I, I don't think I... original thought of yours. <laughs> I, I think Orc number two... I don't think that's true. I don't, I don't recall Scott Odin. I've heard, like, Scott Odin has said stuff about orcs in that movie over and over again. Has he? On Facebook, yeah. You're, yeah. But he's like the orc guy. Like, well, that's, I accepted yeah, they're I mean, just ugly people. Like, that's fine with me. Yeah. Um, but like, no, I mean, honestly, it, it kind of dawned on me during my last rewatch before I wrote this article, um, which is called Conan the Destroyed. It's on Grimdark Magazine, for those of you oh who have known. Oh, my God. <laughs> this guy. I'm not getting money from it. I'm just, <laughs> just getting a hand. Uh, was it, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, Logan, in parts, um, I agree with you. I think it's more colorful. Um, I do like the costumes, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I like that it, it is kind of uh, globe-spanning a bit. I mean, but there's certain things, though, right, when you see, like, Mizantia is like a little tiny port. Like, Mizantia was supposed to be a massive metropolis. Yeah. Port city, yeah. Right? So it's those little details. It's like when they mention Argolon, City of Thieves. Oh, yeah? Argolon, City of Thieves? Is that a... At a place in the Hyborian Age? Maybe it is. Maybe I'm like really dim here and I'm forgetting something, but I don't remember Argalon. So, city of I believe that Asgalon is a city in Shim, and yeah. I think they t- took that name and kind of like transposed it because it's evocative of that like Middle Eastern flair, um, which yeah, is not probably. a good move, but again, that script category. <laughs> yeah, all right. I guess then I don't know. Then I guess it's. <laughs> I'm just. I'm, just how, how, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna okay, cut yes, in here. Yes, please. So I I like um, 
I like the spirit of it. And and I want to ask a question actually. That your orcs, what do you what do you think they were intended to be? They were not intended to be orcs. Oh, I know, I know. What's the answer? Go ahead. Demon spawn. So, um, I believe because I cheated a little bit because mm-hmm. I've read the original script and I've read Stackpole's novel based on the original script, mm-hmm. which Ooh, are better well. than the movies we got. Someone who's done their homework. Yeah, right. <laughs> All of a sudden, um, this guy. I believe he's on the wrong podcast. the first um the first orc remo is supposed to be like a half breed picked okay that's what i thought i thought he was supposed Uh, to get picked and then the second orc the guy with the chains is like the mongolian style hyrcanian um okay but like so this kind of bleeds into red sonia um, Hyrcania, if you look on the map, is so big, it also would incorporate parts of Russia, which explains mm-hmm. why Red Sonia is um, red-haired and not Mongolian. Like all Russians. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's clearly not a, a, a Mongolian person, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah. But, but I think that's what they were supposed to be. Um, the women are supposed to be... Um, I, I Gosh... I think they're supposed to be like Hyperboreans. I think I might be misstepping on that one. The ones with the the archers. Oh, okay, yeah. I was wondering um, about that. The the big black dudes from Kush. Um, and he like he's got some extra lines in the script that gives him more character, and it's unfortunate it was cut. But that's script category. Okay, so let's category. talk about yeah. But okay, so these archers, these blind archers. That is stupid. <laughs> That really annoys me. Well, and I know I think that they are because off the, there's a myth, like a Greek myth, where the Amazon women cover one eye and then yeah, cut off one boob. But I, I, okay, sorry. So I'm calling yeah. them blind archers because um, I feel. Listen, I followed the production of this film like way back. Um, where there there was like a what the heck was it called? Conan movie site. Anyways. We were all following yeah, yeah, it when right. I was part of the International Robert E. Howard Fan Association. And uh, I remember there was a lot of talk, like the Sean Hood, who is the one of the writers, mm-hmm. he touched base and he shared all this stuff. And, uh, and I think he actually is probably responsible for injecting more Howard into it. So yeah. props to that guy. Mm-hmm. But I think I remember hearing that the they were intended to be these blind archers and there was some story about it. And I was just like, some of this though. So like, cause you're coming from a very different perspective. You have like this in-depth take on it where Mm. if you just watch the movie, why would you ever think that they're blind archers? Yeah, you wouldn't. I I have never, ever thought that. And I I didn't have that, that esoteric knowledge. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. 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 I agree. And it, and, that's not something I, I really would probably hold against it ultimately, but it's a thing that I, yeah. I heard and I know and it just annoys me. Yeah. So so anyway, I, I think that it it tries nicely for the spirit. It misses yeah. at some points for sure. Um, I think some, um, maybe this is uh, a different category, but uh, some set pieces are probably um, a little over the top for, um, yeah. for Hyborian Age, but... But I, I'm okay with it. Like I don't know if I'm giving it stars, I'd probably actually give it a four out of five. Yeah, I would. I would say so. I see. I look at this though as like a Savage Sword Marvel Conan. It, it feels like a comic book movie, like a mediocre comic book movie, and and so that's what I picture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so that's that's fine for me. So I'll give it four out of five. I feel like I would rate it higher if I didn't compare it to Conan 1982. As much as I agree with you on the palette choices in that film, and the fact that it was you know somewhat limited by scope, like they couldn't go wild and sh- really show the glittering kingdoms. Actually, yeah. we got more of that in the Destroyer. But yeah. it that film felt more steeped in the Hyborian Age. The tone. Now, I'm not oh, yeah. talking, like, Ron Cobb's production design absolutely floors whoever did Conan in 2011. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and in some ways, 82 informed my opinion of, you know, how I would visualize the Hyborian Age in some cases. And there's more Frazetta in there. So a lot of the things that I like, mm-hmm. um, it's hard for me to compare it uh, like 2011 just doesn't stack up. But to be fair, I think that there is an argument to be made that it does kind of look like it uh, in certain places. But I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a 2.5 fur diapers out of five. On all, right, that. all right, that's low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. that's low. That's low on the yeah. diaper scale. Well, that, that's it. It honestly doesn't give me. It feels more like a. a, a, a collage of random things they snatched from comics and lord of the rings yeah. and okay it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it has its own identity to me okay let's do you have to say the least hyborian age part is that stupid greek temple that yes. is my least yeah. part of that movie also it's like archer monks that do karate or whatever yeah there's a funny part that. there when they when they um when they sack that city uh the dudes run through the gate with the the, the the like the chain of the boat, <laughs> and then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. the boat crashes yeah. through. Why did they yeah. just leave the boat outside? Couldn't they have just all walked through? The gate was open. The just go through the boat. Gotta be there. Just, yeah. They had a few dollars to spend on CGI yeah, elephants. I know. And they were goddamn well gonna use I know. them. I did like the elephants actually. I yeah, thought, see, I, thought that I was like nice. the boat. It's very comic book villain to me. Yeah, like I just it feels like a comic book villain. He's got a twirly sword, which I don't. I also don't think is very Hyborian age. No, that's no, very it's it's comic the twin book. sword. The twin sword. It's like uh, it's like they were trying to do something sword and the sorcerer weird. Like mm. I was expecting to shoot a rocket. It's like the design is historical. Like, um, cause, so originally he was supposed to be from Vintaya or however you would pronounce it, and in mm. India, historical India, they have swords that split in two. Not like that, but they do exist. Um, and I think that's a holdover from his original character design. And they're like, oh, this is going to be cool for the kids. Yeah, he was originally, he wasn't Zim, he was Singh. Which yeah. is obviously yeah. A, an uh, Indian name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least as far as I understand it. Apologies if that's not true. Um, but yeah, I think when they cast Stephen Lang, they're a little bit like, well, maybe we won't go in that route with it. <laughs> or I don't, I don't know why they changed it, but yeah. Let's move yeah. on to like, another he's category. He's an figure. He's a good... Like, he was a fine choice for a bad guy. Just He he could have been, but he could was... Been, yes. uh, yeah, I don't think he was a fine... Yeah, I don't, he was completely wasted. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's uh, go to another category, because okay. we're going to have a long podcast here, guys. How do yeah. we feel about Momoa? Momoa's um, going. Conan. Yeah, I'm going to say five stars out of five. I uh, Momoa's my dude. Like, I love Arnold, but, if, like... I can't not imagine Momoa as Conan now. Like, if I okay. have to pick an actor, 
I would give Momoa a three and a half out of five for what we got. And I think he probably could have pulled off a four or a four and a half in the hands of an accomplished director. Mm. The director, we will get to that, but I feel like was the uh, least valuable player on this team and probably sunk the whole ship. Um, I'll get into that after, but uh, I think there was so much promise there. Like Momoa has presence, right? Yeah. Um, He, it just, it was a, there was a, there were a few missed opportunities there. Um, and there were also some swings and some misses. Like I get the sense almost they were trying to go for a bit of mirth, uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, to put him with the melancholy. And I just didn't, I don't know. He just seemed too much like a dude, bro. At times. That is kind it, of a shtick. Have you seen Aquaman? Right. It's just that's, that, that's, my, that's, that's my issue. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know that about him. Right. Like I'd only seen him in game of Thrones prior. Sure. Did we, or did we see him in yeah. that first? Yeah, yeah, Game of Thrones came out prior. Yeah. Um, but really, no, I think it's yeah. the other way around, but that's okay. I, I, no, I think, think one so. shot first. I think you're right, I, Alex. He, he, got yeah, hired, he got hired to do Conan based off the strength of Game of Thrones that no one had seen yet. Uh, yeah, okay. I believe is how that went. Okay. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, so I, I got a bit of a dude bro sense from him, um, which is okay. Like, I. I didn't think it was terrible, and but again, I saw just moments there where he was awesome and mm. really fit it. I just felt like again m- more of a missed opportunity than than I would have liked. I give it a four because I can't, I cannot place anybody else better than him. Like that would yeah. be that would fit the role right now. Like I just you know, and I'm not trying yeah. to cast Conan. Uh, on this podcast, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, like, no, I, listen, if they said tomorrow that they're going back to Momoa, you'd be good with it. Netflix yeah. series. I'd yeah. be thrilled. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you had a, some, a director who I thought was going to handle it properly. Yeah. So all right, we're, we're relatively all in the same, uh, spectrum just yeah. to, to some extent, yeah. even though our, uh, fur diaper award, uh, varies a little bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe three and a half is kind of harsh, but it's just I, I, it's just a failing on the film overall. I also uh, yeah, believe, yeah. wasn't yeah. this his first, like, starring role in a motion picture? Like, he was on so. Bay- Baywatch when he was a kid, or yeah. younger, and then he was on, he, he was called Drago, um, but I think this was his first big movie. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think so. so yeah. But I mean, I, I'm, I was rooting for the guy, right? Like, I felt, yeah. I actually, like, it was somewhat depressing when this movie tanked so badly, right? Yeah. Because... I was really hoping for a sequel. Well, I was at the height of my Conan fandom and uh, was really hoping it was going to work. And when I first saw this film, I did like it, sort of. Um, wanted to like but, it more. I think. Yeah. Probably, but like, there forced was th- yourself. But there were things that really worked. And I think for me, he was the main thing that did work. Even though over time, an emptiness kind of mm-hmm. started to fill me up based on this film. And, uh, anyways, so, uh, yeah. All right, what's our next category here? Music. I, so, I, all right, I'm going to go first because I know the rest of your feelings on it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I think I've given everything a four so far. I'm going to give this a four as well. Um, I, it doesn't do anything to hurt the film. Uh, it certainly does not stand out in any way, um, but I feel like it's atmospheric. I mean, it 
it's a good it's a good backing piece. So, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna be fair. I'm gonna lower it to a three because it doesn't actually stand out. Um, so I'll go I'll go three on that. I can I think, even agree with that. Yeah, I, can I think three is what I would give there. it to. Yeah. Um, I have the soundtrack. I have like a Hyborian Age mixtape, um, of of songs, and I, that's in there. Um, and and it's fine. There are some decent moments in that soundtrack. The Skull Mountain part mm-hmm. when he goes yeah. to, and let me. I actually freaking love that this movie has Skull Mountain in it. As silly as it is, uh, the sword and sorcery fan in me loved that they put a skull mountain. That's more that comic book stuff, like that's that's good. Not Hyborian Age, but sword and sorcery. Yeah, that's and that's actually what I was referring to when we were talking about how well does it match the Hyborian Age. I said it's a little over the top. Now, Uh, did I did I like it? Yeah, I kind of liked it. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Is it over the top for the category we were talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Tyler Bates is the composer. Um, he's done 300, um, and he did, it's interesting because he does Primal as well, um, the TV show that we love. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, and I find that is, it's, it's still, it's similar to what you heard on Conan, but it's way better. For some reason, I don't know, it feels more, um, more like a driving force, more like a presence. I wonder if that's in part because there's no dialogue. Like how Could much be, does yeah. the lack of dialogue yeah. inside the music, which kind of yeah. like makes him up the game, you know? I don't know. You know, yeah, it's, gotta be, it's gotta be more. Of a, yeah. there, there's a, there's more. a degree of not wanting to. I mean, and I don't know if this is what he was shooting for or not, right? But not everything needs to have an overpowering light motif, like you're right, like yeah. Star Wars or Indiana Jones or something like that, right? Like you don't need to have the theme call every five minutes to know that you're watching this kind of movie. Right. Sometimes yeah. you just want it to blend right in the background. Now, again, what was the artist going for? Not exactly sure in this case, but uh, it doesn't overpower. It doesn't leave you with a signature moment in any way. Um, it's just good and there. Yeah. No, I agree. And when you're in the shadow of Basil's soundtrack for the '82 film, which is you know considered by a lot of people to be some really top shelf uh, yeah. uh, movie scores. Some for some of us the best. Um, it might be the wise path to mm-hmm. take. Yeah, um, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, with that in mind, that is quite an immense shadow. And when I was posting my "What should Netflix do for Conan?" article, I saw a lot of responses that were insistent on it has to have either Basil's soundtrack or a really good soundtrack. And I actually disagreed. <laughs> yeah, so I, I hate... One of my biggest pet peeves is when someone says, oh, it's got to have the Basil soundtrack. No, yeah. it doesn't. It no. does not have to do that. That would be ridiculous to do that. Uh, I mean, you, you could recycle themes with it, right? Like Newt Haugen does it with uh, yeah. the Exiles theme. He channels the spirit. And, and I mean, really, the Conan Exiles theme is just a slight remix of it. Yeah. It's like an, inver- but, an inversion of it. Right, but for a TV series, a TV series film sc- uh, a score and a motion picture score are different things. Right, A motion picture score is filling the space for a two-hour period, generally. And it just ha- there's different needs there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for a television show, you can't really have a, uh, an imposing, bombastic theme as easily as as you would a film, or maybe as as natural a fit. 
I don't know. I That's literally kind of... saw someone today on a Facebook page for Conan suggest that the heavy metal band Hatebreed do the entire soundtrack for the Netflix series uh, in seriousness. Not familiar I... with them. There's I... a reason. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> uh, I, I I love metal, but I'm not a I'm not a Hatebreed fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't, Sorry. Think, I don't think that metal music or like any kind of like no. I don't want a guitar in them. No. Yeah. You, want, you want a symphonic. You want something yeah. symphonic. Kevin yeah. Sorbo's call. Yeah. yeah. There's like heavy metal guitars in there and yeah. stuck out like well, a goddamn sore thumb. There, there is a time and place for your heavy metal, and I love heavy metal just as much as anyone. Oh my but, god! It reminds me. I got to bring this up. So go, go for it. My my buddy uh, Greg and I. This is around the time Conan came out, and we 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 watched it at his place and we were like, yeah, the movie's not very good. So we did an experiment. We put on an Iron Maiden album <laughs> and turned the movie, the sound off and just let Maiden play over top. And like the scenes where the village is getting attacked at the beginning and Maiden is hammering away. We were like, <laughs> we still talk about it. Sometimes we're like, yeah, that, that Iron Maiden really improved that movie. <laughs> and it did. It was like, Ooh, <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, funny. Sorry. Iron Maiden has been improving things for a very, very long time. Uh, you that's actually something we wrong. didn't mention in the Hyborian Age section. The the beginning, while Samaria didn't do it for me, the Picts were, I think, perfect. Agreed. Wow. I, I thought they were rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually wow. liked the first act of the film. Um, even, you know, the kid doing some, some kung fu moves were a bit weird. But, like, I was kind of... <sighs> I was kind of into it in the first act. I thought that oh, I'm a hard Conan... no. I'm a hard no on that. Really? In fact, when yeah. I rewatched it, I, that's what I skipped. I skipped to basically, you know, right where uh, you know uh, Ron, Ron Perlman gets the uh, the golden oh. <laughs> the golden. Shower. Yeah, I mean that that scene was just what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and actually, a... now that I bring it back, they just they blatantly did a Batman Begins theme or a Batman Begins scene where. You're on the lake. Oh, here we are. We're having a training scene. Oh, the ice has broken from under you, and I'm your mentor. I was like, that is a Batman Begins scene. It's straight from yeah. Batman Begins. You just copy it's and paste it. It's a Batman Begins scene smushed into a bad retread of 82 opening and, scene. And what did they call the... They didn't call it the Riddle of Steel. What did they call it? The Puzzle Note. Se- <laughs> secret? Is it the secret? secret? I don't even think. I want it. It's, it wasn't the Enigma, because that was in History? 82. I don't know. It, you're mystery. right. It wasn't a riddle of steel. But anyway, it, was, it annoyed yeah. the crap out of me because it's like, don't, don't, if you're going to go for Howard's Conan, which they said they were, they weren't. Yeah. Then I think they tried. I think they wanted, some people wanted to, but don't do a weird, lame version of the classic parts of the yeah. 82 film. Like, Ignore do the your own thing. They shouldn't have called it right. Conan the Barbarian. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, but anyway, music we all gave three stars. Yeah, music wasn't terrible. What about the script? Five star. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna think too hard about it. Five star. Um, <laughs> no, guys, making a making a comeback here. It's a five star script. Are you kidding me? We have like 18 writers on here. How could it go wrong? Matt has things to say about the script, so I'm yeah. gonna let him go. Uh, no, I, I don't mean... want to. I don't want to. I want. I want you guys. It's a, gonna... it's a poor script. It's not. Yeah, great. it's not great. It's, it's not great. I mean, I already just told you. I, I in our in the rewatch, I skipped the whole first act because I think that that's silly and I really didn't need it. 
Um, I I think honestly, what I think drives this movie well is its action sequences, mm-hmm. um, which is not script. Um, right. Beyond that, though, like I mean, I'm okay with the general plot. I don't know if that falls into um, into script yeah. into script work. Um, I think the general plot's okay. Uh, dialogue, meh, not bad. Um, yeah, I, I so I'm actually gonna come out in defense of the script a little. Um, and not really the script, more so the acting. I think that overall, the performances, they weren't great, but I wasn't like, there weren't lines where I was like groaning yes. or yeah. my eyes rolling out of my head. Like, and, and in some ways we can attribute that to the director and yeah. the performances he's pulling out of here, assuming he had a hand in directing those actors, he should have. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I did not hate it. And, and honestly, there weren't a lot of pieces of dialogue where I was like, ugh. No, there I, were some. I agree with that. I agree with that. On yeah, a scale yeah. of one to Malik, it wasn't uh, nearly that bad. Well, I'm not going to answer to that. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, um, yeah. Logan, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean... It's a video game plot. There are many bosses leading up to the boss. <laughs> yes, it's just a video yes. Game. Well said. And like yeah, as right. a video game, like I think so. I went to see it in theaters with my best friend French, who will probably listen to this, and my ex-wife, and we came out, and French was like, "That was a fine video game movie," and he's like, "Have you ever seen that movie Ninja Assassin?" And I was like, "I hadn't," but he was like, "There's bosses that lead up to the final boss." And, you know, Conan went through this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and plays like a video game. Like, yeah, I play that video game. Um, and that was fine. Um, the plot was serviceable. It's not great as far as a sword and sorcery tale goes. But it was fine to get me from point A to point B, which is the action scenes that Alex mentioned. Um, uh, the lines, none of them were grown worthy. I think for me... Um, in my viewing experience of sword and sorcery movies, you either take yourself seriously or you don't take yourself seriously at all. And they chose to take themselves serious enough that I believed what they were saying and I didn't groan about it. Yeah. And and I like that. Yeah. I don't like the, the self-referencing parody of itself yep. while trying to be a thing. I don't, it's not my, unless not my jam. Unless you're Deathstalker 2. <laughs> and, oh and by God. the way, hey French, I can't wait to do that episode. Yeah, by the way, French, I've seen Ninja Assassin, and it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, he liked it, liked it well enough, you know. <laughs> so um, he's right; it is a video. You know what? It's actually top shelf video. If if that was a film based on a video game, yep, we'd be saying, "Damn, yep, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good video game yep. movie." Right, I, th- I think right. you just nailed it, yeah. Logan. I think you really just yeah. made, made the point of the show. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Unfortunately, it's based on masterpiece pulp fiction stories from yeah. the nineteen thirties. Yeah. So um, not a great adaptation of those. <laughs> I don't know if this goes in script. I don't know if this goes in Hyborian Age. I did like the inclusion of the dwellers or the dweller. Mm-hmm. Um I think the dweller was- might be my favorite part. It was kind of like there's not a lot going on in the background, like trying to figure out what it is or why it's there. It's just there. No, no it didn't that was matter. Fine. He goes, yeah. he puts on a new suit of armor. He yeah. goes down these steps in this crypt type thing. He's going through the water. 
he comes out and there's a giant tentacled monster mm-hmm. and an orc pulling yeah. the chains. Yep. It was it was that was the moment where and I think this is part of what sold me on the movie initially. I felt very satisfied with a it felt like a, an issue of Savage Sword of Conan that I'd read. Yeah. And yeah. so if I could I feel like I could even get an edit of this film where you chop out all the nonsense. Yeah. And uh you could probably get a forty five minute Savage Sword of Conan story to be badass. I also liked the sand mummies. I know that Matt doesn't like the sand mummies. The parkour like, sand mummies. Yeah, I so uh, being a fan of mummy movies in general, I like the <laughs> sand mummies. I will admit the throwing stars were a little much for me. I did not <laughs> I just, like the sand mummy throwing stars. <laughs> I, I want to say, I want to guess that Marcus Nispel, the director, I don't know why I'm putting this on him, but I feel like those were sort of in the script as a thing. But then he was like, "No, I want them to be doing parkour moves." Someone, someone decided this. Someone yeah, yeah. said we're doing You're parkour sand mummies because the raid is a big movie, and everyone likes that uh, Casino Royale, and like there were all these moves that were happening. We need to have that kinetic action, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. wow, well, yeah, we got to do like a throwing star in there, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just exploding out of the ground. But the thing is, so about the sand mummies. I actually thought that part was like well orchestrated action. I it thought was. the editing was strong, mm-hmm. like it had good punch. It was just kind of silly. I mean, yeah. I, what am I? They're parkour sand mummies. I can't yeah. <laughs> in a Conan movie. They, they had um, they had a distinct lack. Maybe I'm wrong here of um, shaky cam in combat, which I yeah. which I thought was like. I think I've watched so much of that recently that not seeing it was like really refreshing. Shaky yeah, cam I, can die. Yeah. I hate. Well, shaky hold cam. on. I, like, I agree, kind of. Um, I like it. There's a time and a place for it, and you can pepper that in. There's there's moments where you really do want to disorient the viewer because mm-hmm. that's the effect you're going for. The problem was, it just they just put too much. Yeah, it became a thing yeah. where it should have yeah. been. It should have been a seasoning and not a you know, main sh- main course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, born supremacy. That entire movie is shot on shaky cam. I got nauseous in the theater. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. Too much. Um. So, yeah, I'm not crazy about the parkour sand mummies, but <laughs> I kind of get it. But I, do you guys mind if we move to pacing? No, please. No, go to pacing before we rail into the direction. Because our pacing cool. is pretty poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is our direction. <laughs> uh, and the script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I actually give this. Uh, oh wait, did, did we do points for our last category? Should we? I'm gonna give script a three. I think it was it was okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a two and a half. No, I'm with That's Matt. Right. I'm with Matt on that. Yeah, okay. it's like it 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 actually pa- it it passed barely, barely. Um, pacing, however, I give it. I honestly give it a straight five. Pacing to me is a, it's not a concept you often hear people talk about with film. For me, it's as important as thinking about how did they do with the three-act structure. Sure. I find a huge issue with these sorts of films is the third act just goes to hell. Right? The ending is not satisfying. The climax has occurred somewhere prior to. But this film... 
if only its component parts were strong, the actual pacing, the speed, the way we move from one piece to the other, the quiet moments um, juggled in with the exciting moments, I thought this film was perfectly paced. The problem was the payoffs just weren't quite where they wanted to be. Because here's the thing, you can put this movie on and you can watch it and you're not going to fall asleep. You're going to watch the movie. You're going to get to the end, and not every movie is going to do that. You're going That's to fall, true. You're going to fall off at a certain point if you've seen it a few times or if it's just too poor. Mm-hmm. It's that this film is very watchable, which is miraculous because there's a lot of unwatchable crap in it for me. Yeah. But the pacing brings me from point A to point Z, and at the end of it, I felt like I watched uh, the a movie of this genre and it it all worked sure it didn't (laughs) the 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 parts so many scenes didn't really deliver what they needed to but the ultimately what they churned out in the editing room really worked in that regard so for me max points for a film that moved yeah okay cool um, I have so I think this fits here. I think this fits here. It's not necessarily pacing in the same way Matt's talking about pacing. Um, but in the aftermath of this movie releasing, I read a lot of reviews, spent a lot of time on the forums, right, as one does when they're a nerd. And I th- said, or I, I, I read a lot of people saying that it would have helped immensely had they put in some like Indiana Jones style map portions to show where Conan's traveling mm. because they actually put some detail into it. Um, the the whole plot from beginning to end is that like years of time, right? From Conan's little kid to the very end. And if you notice, Stephen Lang's costume becomes more elaborate as time goes on, as he garners power in the world that he exists in. Cause by the end he's wearing like gold and stuff he's supposed to have had things happen to him. So, like, time has passed, and he has become more than just a bandit. Um, and, and you know, they're also riding horses. Like, wherever he traveled, wherever Conan traveled through, it took him, you know, days to weeks to get from point A to point B in some cases. Um, but it's not conveyed in the movie. It just seems like he teleports from point A to point B, and right. that's just what it is. It's missing the theology civilization themes with uh, Conan and Subadai running yes, over the plains. That little yeah, travel I, montage. Travel yeah, montage. Yep, that's what you need. And, and a travel montage really doesn't take up much time. No, like that, that would not have affected the pacing. Mm-hmm. It would have. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Even, and I think maybe they didn't show much map because if you really try and uh, get to the bottom of it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna square up on a Hyborian Age map very well. Right. 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 Um, but again, that's not a thing I'm, I would get too hung up on as a viewer. Sure. I'm like, I'm like nah, this can't be here. Um, yeah, yeah. felt right, you know, because I think the Conan 82, I think if you probably really dug into how far they traveled and how long it would have taken and the geography, it may not have matched up perfectly with the Hyborian Age map either. Sure, sure. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't um, too but- much like in Lord of the Rings or even The Hobbit, even though I don't like The Hobbit movies, you get a sense that they moved a great deal of space. 
Mm-hmm. I get that in Conan 82. Yeah. You don't, like, you see scenes, you see settings, but you have no relation. Like, where is this City of Thieves in relation to yeah. um, wherever he was before? I don't know. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. yeah it's, it's interesting you brought that up because that actually did occur to me too while I was watching it. Like, I really don't know where this is in relation to another thing or how long it took to get there. They're, mm-hmm. they're traveling by yeah. ship, they're traveling by horse, they're traveling yeah. by elephant, yeah. like, all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Land ship. <laughs> I think yeah. it's funny that I brought this up because that was my biggest complaint of that one Mandalorian episode. They shouldn't have showed the map. I'm trying right. to remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. That was where, the yeah, I remember. where they appear yeah. to have traveled all the way across the, the planet and then the ship shows up in like two minutes. But they left it on the other side of the planet. I shouldn't have showed the map. Well, they got fast <laughs> ships. They fly fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can believe it in, in a in more of a sci-fi context. That's fair. Um, pacing. So I give no thought to pacing. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. Like I, I, it either it either feels good or it doesn't. Um, I've never sat down and contemplated. Uh, yeah, you know the the points that you're making uh, and maybe i'm a dummy but uh, no i mean that's exactly what i said is most people yeah. don't consider that so a, i'll give it i mean i'll give it a because you like it i'm gonna give it five uh fur diapers as well uh, because i don't have a problem with it so yeah <laughs> yeah i guess yeah i have no problem with it it is one of those movies kind of like destroyer like it's not my favorite movie ever but no, i can lot. sit down and watch it and enjoy it yeah, right i it think just, i think you don't go to sleep during it it's similarly paced uh, yeah. to the Destroyer. It I, I, I think that that the next. falls into the video game movie um, comment. Like it kind of yeah. has the right, yeah. the right yeah, mix there. there's, there's, but I've seen movies where they've messed that up, and there's just so because there's such thing as too okay. much action, right? Mm-hmm. There's too much quick movement, and you just it's like having too much candy it just can't at a certain point you're like i'm done i need to step away from this right like a transformers movie does that it's just it constant giant things grinding against each other and just <laughs> just madness and in human characters you want to die you just want them to die and they don't they don't die they just keep spitting <laughs> stupid lines and things that are intended to be funny but aren't sorry <laughs> Should we review the Transformers movie next? No. Okay. What is our next category? Um, do you wanna do you wanna save director for last and do fight choreography? What do you think about the choreography? It's great. Yeah, it's largely great. And to me, that like I'll give that a, a straight five. Like every fight is exciting, fun to watch. Um, I partic- I don't know where else I'm going to remember to insert this, so I'm going to put it here. I particularly like at the very end when uh, the sorcerer daughter dies. Uh, like cuts off her hands. Yeah, but not even. I'm not even talking about the action because that's great. Like I said, I'm just wedging this in. I like. Okay. Um, I like. Uh, what's the bad guy's name? Zim. Is he Zim? Yeah. Kaylar. Yeah. Zim. Zim. I like. I like his reaction, which is a very human reaction despite the fact yeah. that he's like this evil you know bad guy uh you know his daughter just died and he's basically like loses his mind at that point and just like goes all in for what he what he's trying to accomplish so yeah. i do appreciate that i understand that's not what we're talking about i wouldn't have remembered to bring it up otherwise uh yeah. the fights themselves great all around 
I like the pairing of holding the chain in the beginning and holding the chain at the end as part yeah, of like I, the I, action uh, tie-in. I think that that's kind of nice. I think sure. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they, obviously they make note of that, but I, you know, it's. It, I think I think that's a nice touch. Uh, all the fights are believable and good, and weighty. Yeah, with the exception um, of uh, sand uh, parkour mummies. Sand mummies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but even they exploded satisfyingly. Yeah. You know. And I also, yeah. I'm also a That's big true. fan of uh, the poison usage. Like when she she dips the dagger in the poison, kind of throws a little curved dagger thing. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. I think yeah, you're just yeah. getting a lot of combat in a lot of different ways. Um, so yeah. it's good. I also like the. Um, sorry, I'm going to throw one last thing. No, the, no, the, um, right. I appreciate the Willow uh, chase scene on the. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad on you the cart. Yeah. I, was, I was afraid we'd forget the on, Willow chase scene on the, on cart. the cart. Yep. So good. Yeah. So good. Okay, yeah. I'm done. I mean, that, that scene actually was fine. That's yeah, it's work. good. It's, it's yeah. good. I, I really enjoyed the ship combat. Like, it's not the most lengthy scene, um, but I like that both the bosses in that level. <laughs> an interesting kill because they split that one guy's head in half yep. um that's cool and then you don't see harpoons used enough in movies mm. that he that he chucks a harpoon into a bad guy and kills her he that's kills awesome. a woman during that scene doesn't he he does yeah, yeah. which that is interesting because we don't conan does not kill a woman in any howard story that's true. Mm-hmm. He does not. Mm-hmm. We we don't know necessarily that he wouldn't, but I feel like we do get some lines that suggest he would not. But I think we also get some that suggest maybe he would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that that requires a citation. So yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's there's some speculation there for sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I just I I found it kind of notable. I, I remember watching the movie and like, oh, yeah. Wow. Well, he also kills the daughter, so that's two two women. He does cut her hand off, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's not technically killing, but yeah. Um, yeah. I also some... like... The... Oh, go ahead. I don't... It's a bit of a rabbit hole. I just... I guess in some ways I feel like Conan, in his true spirit, would do that because he's a practical person. Right, he's right. He's not going to... But he is somewhat... There's a bit of chivalry in Conan. There is. There is. So I don't know that he would. But are there and, yeah. direct combat scenes in Howard? I don't think so, right? I mean, I'm not, no, not, no, no. There's there's a line that's really escaping me right now where I I feel like he he muses about how he wouldn't kill a woman or never never did kill a woman. Mm. I don't remember or didn't. Yeah. Anyways, citation awesome. required. Sorry for taking us down the rabbit hole. Nope, that's a no, good you're one. Right. Um, I also like the uh, very Indiana Jones fight at the very end. With the the like wheel or whatever stuck in the well, yes, flips around and stuff. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yep, um, that's a good set piece. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, some good ideas in there. Uh, yeah. the, the dweller fight with the what raising and lowering the cages. Yep, like these are all video game levels. Like, bo- I can bo- picture yeah. boss mechanics. Level. Yeah, you need the boss yeah. mechanics. Pull, you gotta pull yeah. the chain to beat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Still missing a fight with an ape. Still looking for a fight with a giant ape. Right. Mm, right. Yeah. It's like mm. the snake and the ape are his most common foes. 
We still haven't got an ape. And we got a sweet snake scene in uh, Conan yeah. 82. Yep. Like, I love yep. that scene. Yep. Even for that for that one shot where the, it looks very much like a puppet, you get those others where it just looks it's amazing. Still yeah, still it has no, the whole thing holds to together. Yeah, and it's yeah, I, yeah, okay. I, we, we've talked about this, but even, yeah. even today it still looks good. So yeah. just for a second, because I, I feel like we're going to miss this category, I just want to mention that I really don't overall like the villains. I really dislike Marique. I think I that that's a great category to talk about. Yes. Yeah, that's a good category. Yeah, yep. I, I find her silly, and yes. I, she she actually is the one where I did roll my eyes and groan. I'm like, get yeah. this stupid thing off the screen. I just she has the most like grown potential. She's so over like overreacts to everything. Yeah, right and it's top. just the design yeah. is weird, and they even have that weird, somewhat incestuous scene yep. for a second. Yep. Where yeah, he's talking with her and. I don't know. I mean, you could have that in a film, I guess, but to just sort of slightly maybe suggest it and then to not have it be a thing at all, it's like, why did you even bring it up? Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I, and I think that that's probably, for me, the biggest uh, mark on that on the film. Because I actually, yeah. as you've seen, I've pretty much liked most of it. Um, script, I even wavered a little bit, but I, I think maybe I even went a little lower than what I truly think it is. But part of it is... The bad guys look so stupid in this movie. Like, I'm sorry, they look dumb. Yeah, and even like his, and I don't, I actually kind of like Stephen Lang. I thought he was a cool villain in Avatar, you know? He, he yeah. kind of stood out. Mm -hmm. um, and he was in that other movie, uh, the horror film where he's the blind man. Oh yeah, based off a uh, terrible old man, H.P. Lovecraft. Is that what have. it's based off of? Yeah. And the turkey baster? Ooh. Anyways. I haven't seen it, but oh, like, oh, well, yeah. turkey baster, you'll uh, someday uh, okay. you'll watch it and be like, oh my god, lovely. Um, yeah, didn't didn't did not like him in the movie, and even though I kind of liked the Cthulhu influence of the crown or mm -hmm. the helmet he's wearing, mm -hmm. yeah, looked looked stupid. <laughs> it didn't it didn't look cool, and it should, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, you're right. Um, I don't mind their design. I think they're sufficiently weird. Um, I even get that they were trying to, like, have, I think that the hair is supposed to be, like, denoting that they have some kind of, like, culture. It yeah, is the dumb. Orc, the, 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 the second orc, the big orc, he had yeah. tentacles, like, his hair was almost sort of, I think, supposed to be like the tentacles of that crown. Like, it was almost like a cult thing. Yeah. I, and I, I just, I just wish that I don't know. I just the, their their bad guy in this design just doesn't jive with me. No, yeah. you know, like, like fire on some horned helmets or something. Whatever happened it, to those? It, those were cool. That's exactly <laughs> like that's totally it. I you mean, know? I mean, so much of a film is based on the bad guy, yeah. right? You need yeah. this. This is part of our pro yeah. wrestling uh, podcast that we have to do at some point, where well, like your heel, <laughs> your heel is what determines. Your face, yeah, and yeah. If you have a crappy heel, and you have to have it with all, the whole package, right? Then the face isn't going to sell. And it comes back to the shadow of Conan, nineteen eighty-two, right? You had Thulsa Doom, mm -hmm. with James Earl Jones, James Earl Jones, and like you, it's so true, man. You have to have a strong villain uh, in a movie like this, and they did not. Mm -hmm. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't. Um, so villain gets a. Two out of five for me, honestly. Yeah. Bad guy yeah, it's pretty five. low. It's pretty low. Did not pass the bar. Yep. Yeah. 
Except for the dweller. That's where the two points yeah. came from. <laughs> the tentacles. Like, literally, I, those tentacles. <laughs> I like the yeah. first boss. I'm, I like the first boss who gets his nose cut off. Boss. Like, I think he... Did you the Aquilonian guy? Yeah, I don't mind him. Like, I think, yeah. I think like, for a first boss, he, he, he he's okay. He's good. Yeah, yeah. And he jams a thumb in his nose yeah. hole. Yeah. yeah. Makes him pee his pants. Yeah. That's pretty grim. <laughs> yeah. That's I read uh, some people thought that was something that was very un-Conan um on the forums. I don't know. It I think seems it's fine. fine. But yeah. Um yeah, I I don't mind a little extra like Howard's never going to write a line where Conan <laughs> jammed a thumb in his nose hole <laughs> till he pissed himself. It's a bit of a, it's a grim flourish, right? That like yeah, it definitely yeah. is. It sells. A that's bit of, called being a movie, folks. That's yeah. like that's cinematic. That's what you you want those things. Yeah, I thought that was okay. <laughs> but the, the part I I thought was on Conan was the semantics part where he's like. I said I wouldn't kill you. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a bad line. People are gonna cut you up. It's like that. That to, Conan is kind of a man of his word, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's a little counter. Yeah. What's our so, What's okay. our next? What What else we got? Director. Director. Direction. Mm-hmm. This right. is our final piece here. This I can sum this up in a real quick cut of this uh, of this uh, um, of this movie. I'm okay if you cast a Conan that, that does not have blue eyes. Sure. I am okay if yeah, you uh, work through all that, and I understand that some people probably won't like that. What I am not okay with is when you take specific shots of that character's eyes gazing the background. You're focusing in on his big, beautiful brown eyes. <laughs> It just sort of calls a little bit out, and it sort of speaks to uh, poor direction in yeah. in some in some cases. So back during the time where there was this Conan movie site, I can't remember what it was called. Anyways, the Conan uh, movie blog. That's what it is. Conan, Conan movie blog. Conan movie blog. I think even Johannes. Uh, yeah. Reben, I think he was part of that. Can I ask a question? Um, There's a Conan yeah, movie sure. blog where there are three posts. How many? <laughs> how many? No, no, no. It was it was pretty much all focused on the development. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, the <laughs> okay. development. I thought it was a blog about Conan movies. No, no, it was created because of that film. The guy's probably like, well, I, I thought there would have been more, but okay, I'm done. I think it, Al Heron was part of it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there were some like scholars and stuff that were active and like a lot of like i knew some of these people that we see on conan gaming group and rogues in the house yeah through their posts on these things before i had even dreamed that we would be here doing this right exactly and it, it's going so far back that like that was at the beginning of my jumping into conan fandom so honestly the details of that are are, are kind of <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember them all so I apologize if I'm if I'm getting those details wrong. Um, shoot, what were we on? Director. Um, okay. Talking about the blog. Well, talking about direction. You're gonna say something about direction. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say my piece real quick here. Um, like Marcus and his pal. I remember when he was announced. I was like, okay, that might work because Pathfinder was all right. 
I liked the aesthetic. I liked that you they he very much was channeling Frazetta with the Northman. Um, which you're gonna score points for me every time yeah. you do that. Also, that movie has a willow scene where they jump on a sled. On sleds. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So this is not the first time Marcus Nispel has channeled Willow mm-hmm. in one of his films. Uh and I thought that was okay. I actually liked his Friday the thirteenth movie. Which one did um, he do? He did the, the remake, wasn't the, it? The, the remake, the last one that was released, okay. like way back. Um, he also yeah, did the that, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. I think that was his first big one. Yeah, which I didn't like, but people tend to like that. Yeah. But I mean the the original Texas Chainsaw is is like classic. That's my, that's my top slasher film of all time. Yeah. Not even not even a competition. Um, not Halloween, not Friday the 13th, nothing. Um, anyway, sorry, different topic, but I, I didn't mind his Friday the 13th movie. I thought aesthetically it was good. The guy can shoot a movie. Like, I don't know who his director of photography is he works with, but, um, he can get cool shots. He can sort of set a scene, um, on paper. He felt like he could bring the visuals to an extent, he kind of did. Yeah, he did. He did to an extent. Yep. But for me, a director's most important role is working with the actors and getting really having a vision for those performances and how your characters fill the space. And he did not do that. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's the failing with like the Star Wars prequels for me is that you could tell George Lucas didn't give a crap what his actors were bringing for the most part. And it showed. He 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 thought he could just CG and computer his way through these scenes. And for me, that's the reason I watch a movie is to I'll read a book if I want a story, right? But film for me is performances, and this movie did not bring that. That's a lot to take in. Yeah, so I, I know. I think no, you're, you're fine. I think you're you're relatively there. I mean, it's really sort of a the the sum of the parts uh, was a little less than the individual pieces. Like on paper, it mm. should it should have worked, right? But then for some yeah. reason, whatever. When except right? for the script, yeah, <laughs> yeah except. I mean, because really, we're both we're all sitting here saying that most of this stuff is pretty good as individual parts. But when yeah. you tied it all together, and that is direction, it just doesn't hang as a as a whole movie. Really, yeah. The yeah. stitches, the yeah. stitches. Came, came apart yeah. because even when, when you look at Conan 1982 again the shadow of Conan 1982 it's going to be there you called it Conan the Barbarian what do you expect yeah. um, like Milius worked with his talent right you can tell he cared the Subadai and Arnold scenes I mean even the fact that Arnold in the movie this is one of his first roles you still believed him for the most part mm-hmm. Yeah, you know there's a few goofy takes here but he, laugh. he knew what he wanted from his actors to do in the scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's about that vision. And that's right. the, the vision with the actors. It was all aesthetic, right? Because Momoa can scowl and come up and look. He even had points where he's doing a panther stalk. Yeah. You know, he's kind of, mm-hmm. you ever see a panther at the zoo? They do this weird stock in front of the opponent, and there's a scene where Momoa does that, and it's a really cool touch. I don't know if that was Momoa or that was Marcus and his pal, but there were moments a little bit where it was there, but the glue kind of came apart as far as 
bringing me into the scene with the actors. Yeah, it just doesn't yeah. tie together the way no. to make it a good a good movie. It's still a good sword yeah. and sorcerer movie, but not a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even the love interest, which I, there wasn't a lot of chemistry there, but I actually thought, um, what's her name? Rachel Nichols? Yep, her name? that's it. Yeah. Um, I thought she was fine. She, yeah, she actually kind of balanced, got a touch of the damsel, but uh, also a kind of a stronger character without being an overbearing Michelle Rodriguez type. I know I bring her up, but she she always strikes me as like trying way too hard in the same way that like Vin Diesel tries too hard to be tough. Yeah. You know? I just don't buy it at a point. I'm like, all right, you're trying. I get it. I get what your thing is. Well, I think for the character too, it, was, it worked because she was basically sheltered in a temple. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, she had some, some level of combat skill, but she mm-hmm. was by no means an expert. She was no means overtly tough or anything like that. She was able to just sort of through luck and through a little bit of skill, get a couple of, you know, get a couple yeah. of kills essentially she stabbed yeah. a parkour sand mummy yep that's true <laughs> yeah man well and even her line delivery wasn't wasn't bad like mm-hmm. and, and of no, all she the was, things in this movie yep yeah like that i would expect to just have been terrible attacked on forgotten yeah female love interest you know all of my alarm bells are screaming for that not being a great role um but I thought she really kind of held her own on that. Yep. It, yeah. I mean, really, it, it just, it's the, the pieces didn't tie together the way you'd want it to. I mean, I think there's a few, and, it, and that actually kind of goes for the music too, right? Like, we're like, oh, the music was good, except there's nothing memorable or, you know, it's just there. And everything about this movie is exactly that. It's just there. Yeah, it's just there. <laughs> just like us. We're just, yeah. we're just here. We're just there too. <laughs> So, should we get on to some final thoughts here? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well. What are yours? I mean, <laughs> well, I was just going to sit here and let dead air fill up the space. That's so. great. Good. See, yeah. I feel like I came in here prepared for Matt to just rail on it left and right. But Me too. Did not. No, I know. I know. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm man. I, there's a lot of, you, you know what it is mostly is that it's the online discourse again, and I'm not going to get into this. It's just that. I feel like there's a lot of things that people say. They say a lot of things about this film that I completely disagree with. I'm like, no, that didn't work. But this did. So I I think I just tend to disagree with a lot of the takes on the film, but I have some of my own. And and, and really, my, my kind of final thoughts on it are, as a sword and sorcery film, this is kind of a cut above your average sword and sorcery film. Mm -hmm. But it just gets a lot wrong with Conan and it is living in the shadow of Conan the Barbarian 1982 while also cannibalizing portions of it and that's just not going to fly with me yeah yeah. Uh, I oh go ahead Alex so I want to try to be consistent and I'm trying to remember if I said this on previous uh, previous podcasts so hopefully I am being consistent here Uh, 82 is the number one 2011 is the number two, and Destroyer is my number three. So that's you have said that before. So I'm going to try to maintain that. Um, Although after all of our talk about Destroyer, it really has kind of (laughs) moved up quite a (laughs) bit for me. (laughs) But listen, you saying that, like I, as much as I've made it clear that I love the Destroyer, 
I'm not going to argue that. Yep. I don't think the Destroyer is actually better. Yep. Yep. It, it's like got, it's got a, a special place in your heart. I get that. Exactly. Um, and I yeah. think that this this movie is a is a fine sword and sorcery movie. If I'm giving it uh, um, five swords or five sorceries, I would give it five of either one of those. Um, I think this is as good of a sword and sorcery movie as you can find. Um, and of course, mm-hmm. you know, the number one probably being 80, uh, 82. Um, mm-hmm. But why not this one, right? Because there's not like you got a lot to choose from. 82 transcends sword and sorcery genre, yes. right? Like, yes. It's, it's, it's a it's successful good, movie. It's too good for that genre. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a good movie. It's a, real, it's a real film. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. That's my pretension coming out again, but this is kind of how I feel. It's... Mm-hmm. It is a it is a masterpiece of genre filmmaking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I can't disagree with anything either of you have said. Um, I understand that it's not a great movie, 2011. Um, but I enjoy it. I've watched it more than once. I own it. Um, but I also own Scorpion King and two of the Transformers movies. So take that for what you will. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, <laughs> If I want to watch an adventure movie that has swords in it, I'm going to put it on. Mm-hmm. Especially if I watched Destroyer yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, like, it's colorful. It's fun. It's it's what I look for in a movie, you know? So, I, I can't knock it too hard. But there are parts, like we said, something just didn't, something just didn't go right. It just didn't go right. It just didn't have that, and, that special something. Yeah. No. Having followed it through this blog and through all these other things, like there was a point in the script where the Stygians had war scarabs, like tanks. Okay, <laughs> like, that was in a script at one point. Oh boy! So what we got to what we could have gotten is that's whole night and day thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I, for for me, it doesn't. It, here's my te- my test with this sort of thing. If I truly like a movie, even if it's a bad movie, if I have a few drinks and I watch it, I'm digging it. <laughs> sure. This movie, I have a few drinks, I watch it, it makes me angry. Oh. That's, <laughs> too, <laughs> that's not that's uh, too bad. Because I don't it think it's, I don't think no, it deserves not, that. It is, guys, I don't I get no joy from <laughs> from from this being the case. Do you think I don't want one more Conan movie to throw into my pile and be like, mm, mm-hmm. I love that? I just don't love it. I just don't love it. That's fine. Don't. Oh. So. Well, one uh, I have one weird. Uh, it's, I guess it's a factoid on this. On this, uh, I, I I own this on Amazon uh, digitally, and <laughs> they have the that little X ray thing where they tell you like different scenes and stuff. For some reason, they have Valeria uh, cast in this movie. Oh, can someone so explain it's that? Not- it's not Valeria. It's just a name of a person. So I do know this one. Ha, I know this one. Um, in the beginning, um, when we see adult Conan, they roll the, the 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 boulders down the hill and save the slaves, right? Mm-hmm. And then they go to the bar in Mesantia. Mm-hmm. The girl on Conan's lap is Valeria in the credits. It's just uh-huh. a name they gave to an extra. It's not supposed to be the Valeria. Yeah. Okay. Just like that, that that scene in the village where he rescues the topless ladies. 
Yeah. You know, that one felt like it was pulled from the uh, the video game, like the PlayStation game, not the not the Age of Conan, but the one where oh, you yeah, like yeah, yeah. free the ladies and they do like <laughs> weird they do the seductive <laughs> twist in Man. front of you. Oh, I wish I you all could that. see the video right now that Matt's putting forth. <laughs> He's doing the dance. He is actually I doing did. the dance. I did. I, I, I have that game on PlayStation 3, but like PlayStation 4s don't play PS3 games. Like I will never be able to play that game again, but I still have it. I enjoy that game. Oh, but, yeah. As a, yeah. As a, as a <laughs> dollar store God yeah. of War. Yeah, I got it for five bucks. It was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, I All right. feel like that concludes our episode. Now, we don't have any more Conan movies to review. This is, uh, you can, if you listen to this episode and you um, want to hear our takes on other Conan movies, head back into the uh, playlist. Yeah, I think we have a two-parter on 82. We got a two-parter on 82 where we laboriously, agonizingly go through the movie in chronological order, which was a terrible idea, but... That, that was our first season. We were still working on it. You'll no, hear, no, no, no. That was, Arnold, that was a masterpiece. Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> guest stars on that one. Yeah. Um, as he doesn't, for the record, in case I'm going to get sued here. <laughs> <laughs> our our, uh, our destroyer episode is is one of our most listened. Yeah, episodes. I think it's our second most yeah. listened. Yeah, and what's our first? Elric. Elric. Uh, not not counting our our absolute first episode, which is of course going to yeah. far far Elric's, away run away from everything. Just a, just a Geralt ripoff, anyways. Just a ripoff <laughs> oh, of the Witcher. Don't do that. Imagine, man. Don't say he's got shot with a yeah. bunch of arrows. Yeah, we should we should uh, re-explore Elric at some point um, too. Maybe yeah. maybe sometime in this fine calendar year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. We have other things that we have to co- cover, though. We have. Let's do Kane. Yep. I got to get reading uh, on that. I don't have enough in my belt on that. We clearly want to do a wrestling episode. I, yeah. I I do. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that everyone does. Uh, I would. A, de- a Deathstalker oh, episode. Guys, yeah, we need. Yeah, a you want to do a Deathstalker episode? Yeah. Logan can't wait. Oh, I think oh, we should just about... skip Deathstalker and do Deathstalker too. The the only uh, the only that, problem with it is that you need fine. to see Deathstalker one to know the scenes that literally got <laughs> lifted. One hundred percent into. There's another into mud wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that orc. That orc is back. Yep. And he's He's biting that pig's face where they right. where they shamelessly and with no care whatsoever show people who have died in the previous <laughs> movie <laughs> maybe we don't need to I do suppose. death stalker we've just hit all the the fun parts yeah no yeah. there's a lot there's a lot about death stalker too though to talk about that's a great movie. yeah it's, it is something beast master is sometime in the future but like i'm not chopping at the bit to do beast beast master yeah yeah I'll do it. It's called yeah, Beastmaster. Yeah, like, I would do Let's it. But... Yep, I'll do Beastmaster. We gotta do Willow. Yeah. Willow is uh, still on the board. I would watch Willow. We should save Willow for when the show comes out, yep. though. No, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, alright, fair enough. Let's not know. blab on about episodes we might do. and yep. uh, Probably won't. <laughs> let these people get on with their day. That's yeah. true, that's a good point. Alright, so, uh, as we say around the ranch here, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed Conan. 2012, 11. I did that before too. I said 2012, and I meant 2011. 
now these guys are just letting me die on my own here. <laughs> I just wanted to say when you when you sit around the ranch here, I wanted to be like, yeah, <laughs> yippee-ki-yay, <laughs> mother. <laughs> Logan's southern accent gets stronger. The anime stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, may your swords always remain sharp. <laughs>